What if people said, I want to marry you. I want to give you a forest. You know, I'm going to plant 300 trees in your name, 500, 1,000, a million. This is The Butterfly Effect, a podcast that shows the big impact a small action can do. Tali Orat is talking to those special people that make a difference with nature and trees. Welcome everyone to The Butterfly Effect. My name is Tali Orad. I'm your host and your butterfly here. My special guest today is Pablo Restrepo. Pablo is a designer and artist focusing on regeneration and peace through aesthetic experience. He worked in fashion for five years, building networks for reintegration of former soldiers as part of the Colombia peace process. In 2018, he founded Juventud de la Tierra, an environmental collective that seeks to generate planetary consciousness through design. Pablo has been an ambassador for Colombia for One Young World and has a TEDx talk about change through design. Welcome, Pablo, to The Butterfly Effect. Thank you, Tali. Thank you for having me here. So from fashion to peacemaking to art to the environment, what a journey. Let's maybe start with Youth of the Earth. Yeah, so Youth of the Earth, Juventud de la Tierra, is this environmental collective that really came out of fashion. I had this brand, Paloma Angostura. Mm-hmm. I, I really started digging deep into, into the fashion industry and the externalities that it creates. Mm-hmm. For every t-shirt, for this collection, I'm going to plant a tree. I called the collection Juventud de la Tierra. So I invited a, a few of my friends, models and, and designers to be part of the campaign. And they loved the name. They loved the name. And they, they said, what is this? <laughs> is this a new company? Is this? And I was like, no, this is just the campaign name. Like, it's not. And they were like, uh, why don't we make it a thing? And I was like, what is that thing that we're going to make it into? Right. And so it's just been this evolving process of finding out what youth of the earth is through experiences, through having dinner parties, through having days of, of planting trees. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Juventud de la Tierra has been. So we created an Instagram account, gen- generating content, uh, having meetups, and uh, we started doing. We started like really going deep into what it means to be connected with the earth. And and really, what I think is that we humans are the youth of the earth in the sense that we are learning uh, to live in this planet. And actually, like in, in the Sierra Nevada of Santa Marta, the indigenous people, the Arawakos, they call uh, us uh, Westerners the, the younger brothers mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, we kind of don't get it. So <laughs> and we're a bit spoiled. Right. So I think that it's it's a, it's a play on 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 many things. But it's been a, it's been a beautiful journey. You mentioned a few experiences that you're doing. Anybody can join them. Is it how does it work? One of the things that we began with was trying to figure out, okay, we want to be this environmentalist collective. How do we, how do, we do anything along these lines? Mm-hmm. We started with a very kind of technocratic thing about uh, environmentalism, right? So we started communicating, change your plastic bags for tote bags, change water bottles for you know, uh, a reusable yeah. bottle and trying to change these through these changes. Mm-hmm. The more that we went into it, the more that we realized that you can do these changes and they're fundamental to start experiencing 
the world in a different way. But really the change is, is within. So we, we paired up with a yoga teacher and she, she helped us organize this retreat. And so we just invited people. And what we did is invited an environmentalist to have a yoga retreat, to do meditation, and then to have talks about environmentalism, what it means. And so that people really got the sense of why this is important. We created a forest bath in which people would walk in silence in, in, in a beautiful forest. Mm-hmm. So really you're, you're open to, to understanding the immensity of, of this planet and the beauty and, and the importance that it is to live in reference of life. Do you see people change throughout those experiences? hundred percent. It's been heart opening. For example, we had this guy who was a fantastic environmentalist who is a, a scuba diver, and he has this Instagram where he promotes people reducing the use of plastic. And he's very technocratic, very like, we, we just need to change policy. We need to, and he had never meditated in his life. And through this experience, he said, wow, actually my scuba diving is a meditation and my reverence of life and why I do, he kind of understood from a from a experiential point of view why he was doing what he was doing and it's not because a lot of times his approach was a bit angry mm-hmm. of ah oh, people just don't get it da, da, da. but then it's like oh maybe i haven't gotten why i'm doing what i'm doing right and it's this this kind of reverence to, to life this is a mind shift that is very important one thing that i i keep on thinking of is you you say that a lot of environmentalists are coming And if we need to make the change from within, it feels like a little bit you are preaching to the choir, right? Mm. Those environmentalists already making a change. So how can we get to those who don't? I study politics in university and change at the end is like a theory of power or theory of change, right? It's like, how do you get to do something you wouldn't do otherwise? And so the first way you can do it is through force or coercion, mm-hmm. which is definitely we don't want. The second right. is reciprocity, which is paying them to, to change, paying you to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And the third is, is soft power. Don't try to change the existing system within, but create a, a more beautiful one uh, that people are attracted towards. And so I think right. that, that it is important for environmentalists to really, really hone in their skills. And I see it almost like a... And it's weird what I'm going to say, but like a martial art in the sense of we are trying to drive change because we understand that we're reaching the, the planetary boundaries mm-hmm. and we're eliminating tons of uh, species from existence. And we are depleting the fisheries and plastic and all these things that we, we know about. But at the end of the day, we need people to feel them because it, it, it's like anything. It's like cigarettes. They can, if you're a smoker... For more that they tell you it's bad for you, it's bad for you, this is a deep-seated thing about why we need that change. And so, so a lot of times it, it comes in through messaging, through stories, through, through mm-hmm. telling people. But I really think that change is an emotional experience. It's a sublime experience. It's an experience that comes from emotion, from, from the heart. We need environmentalists or people that are working towards, towards this to, to really embody it and become really attractive so that people want to be you know, like them and, and want to uh, follow this. I think it's a, it's a difficult one. We need, to, we need to really know how to use the force of change. So you empower environmentalists so you, they will be able to do their job even better and hopefully get other people to change and then 
Yeah. The circle go back and go to you and then own it and this further is, and further. So for me, this is something that is really at the kind of knife's edge of, of, of my work and what I want to try to create in the world. I, I started through fashion because I believe that fashion is is a very interesting way about attraction, aspiration. And a lot of times it's tied in with with a lifestyle that people aspire to. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's based on on ideas about wealth, class. But I think that we can create a new aspiration, a new dream about what is beautiful to move towards that. Aesthetics are the first step in the spiritual journey, if you will. You know, a lot of things come through the eyes. We're on Instagram, we're seeing things, we're, we're seeing content. And that content that is generated by artists, in a way, is their dream of the world, their, their vision of the world, their dream board, <laughs> right? The, their prayer of, of the world that they imagine. So I think that this is important in capturing about creating new dreams and new, new aesthetic experiences and new visions so that people can first perhaps see it as an experience of like, oh, I just went to like a tourist theme park or this dinner party or whatever. And then to start really thinking about it and, and saying, wow, but maybe I could live like this every day. Maybe I can be in this mind space constantly. You're in a way teasing them towards a change, showing them another beautiful way of approaching life and the environment. Exactly. And, and a lot of times the people that come to our events are not environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, we do ecstatic dance. And so ecstatic dance is not, not, not something that falls in the purview exactly about environmentalism. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just about moving your body, being inside your body. And I think this is, this is part of... Uh, a practice of if you're in your body fully and you embody pleasure, the pleasure of being alive, perhaps you'll start having more reference to, towards life. Yeah. I just want to pause you and explain to people that are listening who, that do not know what ecstatic dancing is. It's basically you dance to a rhythm without any guidance and you can dance by yourself and, and you can dance with a group of people. There's no touching. It's not sexual. It's not can be sensual but it doesn't have to be exactly it's it's a container that allows people to to just move right and mm-hmm. and wake up to to the beauty that is to be alive and then when you wake up to the beauty that is to be alive then you can have a deep reverence for for life for for trees for flowers for for birds uh which yeah which is i, I think the <laughs> ultimate thing that we we want to move people towards and there is a big problem of deforestation in the Colombian Amazon, mainly because of logging of timber, farming, cocaine production, among other reasons. Are you involved in any restorations attempt? Well, Colombia is one of the most biodiverse countries in the world. It is home to millions and millions of species of butterflies and birds and frogs, and, and it has a hugely rich ecosystem. The problem in Colombia about deforestation is a very complex one. It has to do with the land uh, that is, let's say, owned by the state or not owned by one private individual that mm-hmm. gets taken over as a land grab. And what people do is that they cut down the, the timber and they put cows because meat production is kind of the simplest way to 
to make money and and cows in a way are the watchmen of these territories because you say oh that territory is mine because those cows are mine mm -hmm. this has ballooned terribly since the signing of the peace deal which has been a, a weird kind of complex consequence of the violence system and so i've been involved with lots of efforts of firstly understanding the problem trying to trying to understand the complexity of this problem what are the incentives what are the problems on the ground and i've visited many of these territories guainia guaviare eh, sucre amazonia with different jobs so i work as a designer as a photographer and i've worked with different mm -hmm. uh, international organizations for cooperation the to photograph and to and to see the projects that they're working on. For example, the French uh, Cooperation Agency works with uh, rural farmers in the frontier lands of the deforestation to give them other sources of income that are not tied to cattle mm -hmm. because cattle requires huge, vast swathes of land, whereas they can, they can obtain more resources with having less land and a more diverse income stream. It's it's a hugely complex issue. I see it as a as an aesthetic issue also because it's what people aspire to and and it's colonial uh, mindset about the idea that meat is something that we should eat every day when these territories are are vastly rich. So I was once in a farm in in Guaviare and I come into the house and they have this huge tree, a beautiful tree of pomelos. And they say, hey, do you guys want a juice? And we, we thought that they were going to make a, a pomelo juice for us because there was tons of pomelos in the ground. And, and the guy opens this, this plastic thing of, you know, like a sugary drink and puts, and puts in, in the water. And, and so this is a town that, for example, has had always a lot of money because of the cocoa trade. And so people are used to having money and money means buying things in town. And buying things in town means that you don't, You don't make a fruit juice from the pomelo tree that you have in front of your house. You you go and buy. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a complex issue. Huh? Do you see a way out? Do you see a solution? Because I mean, this is education. This is consume less, use what you have. The idea of the American dream that has been cemented uh, in people's minds is something that we need to change so that there are new dreams, there are new ideas, new visions of of a more aesthetic world, a more beautiful world. Mm -hmm. And that people start having a more diverse diet, having a more planetary diet that is more based on plants. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the vegan, vegetarian movement can really shift many of the aesthetic values that how people relate to, to food, consumption, etc. At the same time, I think it's about what... So a big problem that we have is that We don't have a value today for something that we know is valuable in the future, right? So forests are hugely valuable. We all know these. It's the lung of the planet. It's part of our ecosystem. The Amazon is, is vastly important, but it, there's an incentive today to, to cut down the trees. So there are, there are programs of payment for forest services mm -hmm. that are shifting this. And I've been part of groups to try to figure out how, how we can come up with this. And what we're doing in Juventud de la Tierra is planting trees. I think that planting trees is a, is a spiritual experience. More than, yeah. than to think about it from a, from a quantitative thing about how much CO2 does it capture, all this and, and, and that, I think it's, it's, it's about us reconnecting with, with the planet and us reconnecting with, with this reality, with this, with this beauty. 
And you planted a forest in your backyard, right? Yes. Well, we planted, we've planted since June. So a year we've planted 1,000. June 2020? 2020. We've planted 1,600 okay. trees. Wow. So we planted the trees in, in, uh, in, a, in an area outside of Bogota, in a town called Guasca which is home to one of the most beautiful microclimates uh, of Colombia, which is called the Paramo, which is the moor or the, they call it like tropical tundra. And it doesn't really exist anywhere else in the world. You have these beautiful trees that almost look like palm trees that, that receive and suck so much water. And this is basically the water from Bogota. Most of it comes from this area. Mm -hmm. A friend of ours has a regenerative farm that grows all types of vegetables there. And we're planting trees to reforest that area with local species, bringing back biodiversity, bringing back the birds, bringing back the bees. Mm -hmm. So it's part of like bringing back and protecting the green frontier in, the, in this region. And you get the people that come to the retreat also involved in that? Yeah, so we, so we ask people to plant trees and people plant them with an intention or they send us messages. Uh, we've had a lot of people buy trees because somebody has passed uh, passed away. And so they want to plant a tree in their honor. And mm -hmm. cemeteries should be beautiful forests that you go and walk and have forest bathing of, to connect with your, let's say, ancestors. It's something unexpected that came up. We didn't think that this would happen. Mm -hmm. So we've had people, we've planted trees in their name, but also because of birthday parties or, or whatever. Yeah. Which is also something that I think is, again, aesthetic. What are manifestations of love? Mm -hmm. What if people said, I want to marry you. I want to give you a forest. You know, I'm going to plant 300 trees in your name, 500, 1,000, a million. And, and just as a manifestation of love to, to think that our children and our grandchildren are going to run in this forest and are going to sleep under these trees and are going to, you know, it's... It, yeah. It can be a revolution. <laughs> yes, and with that, you appreciate generations and, and not just the present, which is beautiful. Now, you mentioned the indigenous people. Did you meet with them? Yes. So one of the, the things that I think is really important of our time, I think this hemisphere, the Americas, are a promise of humanity to try to meet each other, to see each other, to see each other fully, And I think we haven't been able to honor this promise totally. I think we've missed a lot of opportunities. But as your saying says, right, the, the best time to plant a tree was 300 years ago, 30 years ago, I can't remember. It's, we have to <laughs> yeah. start from now. So I think that this, this continent really asks us to look at each other, to understand ways of knowing and ways of being. Mm -hmm. The indigenous people in Colombia and in, in the Americas have ways of being and knowing that we need to learn from. And, and as I mentioned before, in, in, in the Sierra Nevada, the Arahuacos, they say that we are the younger brothers. And it makes sense because, I mean, we have science and, and these beautiful technologies that allow us to connect through space and time. Uh, and, and we've been able to create this, this amazing reality in, in so many ways. But at the same time, we are reaching the limits of what it means to grow. We're reaching the limits of of the planetary boundaries, because we haven't understood that we are part of this. Mm -hmm. The ways of being and knowing that the indigenous people can provide are stories that are multidimensional, that we can, we can understand from new ways of, of being. The other day I was with a friend who's an artist, incredible artist called Aimema 
uh, Uai, he's a guy who was born in the jungle, in La Chorrera, Chorrera, Amazonas, mm -hmm. is a region that was heavily affected by the robber bonanza. And there was basically a genocide of his people, the Muro y Muinga. They, they have the malocas, which are these houses that are open. And they have four columns that hold them. And each column has a dance. Mm -hmm. And one of the dances is the dance of the fruit. The other is the dance of abundance. The other is the dance of the anaconda. The other is the dance of the tortoise. Okay. Each dance represents a cosmovision of the world, of, of wealth, of how do you bring abundance, what is the abundance of life, time, space, that we're really just like beginning to understand in, and that perhaps, you know, maybe our Western society has, quote unquote, better language to explain these phenomena through physics or But but really is that we really haven't listened, you know, we haven't listened with our hearts, we haven't listened with our guts, we haven't listened. And I think that this is, the, uh, again, this is the promise of, of this land, to try to listen to each other, to understand new ways of being and, and knowing. And that goes for everything, right? We Once we listen to the other side, there is a, an acceptance and understanding and compassion and a lot of things that comes from it not just my side, it's, there's also your side. hundred percent. I mean, if we value environmentalism, if we value planting trees, we have to value existence. We have to value the possibility of existence of another. And including the trees, including not cutting, including them down. the trees, yeah. not cutting them down, <laughs> including, you know, ways of knowing, ways of understanding and also limits. I really believe that reality is fractal. <laughs> In that if we are integrated in ourselves and we're living our truth and our truth is tied to life and a connection to, to this calling, to this purpose, to this connection, then perhaps we can, we can create a concentric wave of people that are also questioning this and, start, and are starting to look inside and look outside of all this beauty and try to limit. So I think it's, it's a very deep problem that... Hopefully, we can start to change, we can start to veer, we can start to see new stories, new ways of being and knowing. Obviously, we, we can't change everything. And if we want to change, rule of thumb is start with one thing. I mean, even if it's becoming vegetarian, say that you're vegetarian over the week and over the weekend you can eat whatever. What is your tip if there is one thing that we should change? What would it be? So in theory of change, there's a process of you have pre-contemplation. So you're not even aware of this. Like you're not even listening to this podcast. You're not even right. And then there's contemplation. You're like, oh, maybe I should change. This. We have to think about it. And maybe the, the term can be strong, but it's it's an addiction. Mm -hmm. Recognizing the addiction is the first step. So you you recognize it. You say, look, I'm, I'm an imperfect being. I'm, I I consume plastic constantly. Mm -hmm. I want to have certain things I But maybe I can recognize certain patterns that I know I can change, I, that I know will suit me better, that I know will be better for my digestion. Start from somewhere. Mm -hmm. See it, recognize it, embrace it, understand it with love, like you, you know, you're in this process, we're all in this process. And so that's contemplation. And then, and then you start doing the change. And then there's always relapse. <laughs> and so you relapse into it and you say, okay, I, I relapse, but okay, I'm going to keep trying. And then there's a point where you just say, like, I'm, I'm beyond that. I, I surpassed it. I was able to make that change. And now I want to I wanna do something more. 
And it just becomes this, this right. process of, of better improving yourself, which I think is, is one of the biggest things about our time, that we are so caught up with others and others' uh, wealth, success, perceived success, perceived wealth, uh, perceived beauty, perceived, and really, it's it's about our own journey. And I think the competition, quote unquote, is within ourselves. Like, can I see where I was two, three years ago? Can I and where I am now? And mm-hmm. am I advancing? Am I am I improving? And if if we kind of step this back, step by step, to the present moment, and understand that the present moment is everything. Mm-hmm. We can change everything. And fundamentally, the biggest change that we need to do is this idea of separation, that we are separate from our bodies, that we are separate from this earth, that we are separate from each other. Science is reaching up to the, the let's say, spiritual notions that we, we've known for a long time. What is your favorite tree? It's a tree called lupino. I think in English it's called lupinus. And it kind of looks like lavender. It has like purple flowers. And what I like is that the, the leaf is really open like a hand, like a, like a very, like a star almost. And it has these little hairs within it. And so water gets trapped and floats to the center of the, of the leaf and creates this little bubble. And so it's really beautiful when you look at it because it's, it's always very misty. And, and, and because I've been connected so much to this ecosystem, which is just outside of Bogota that is, is very, very cold, <laughs> but it's an ecosystem that is like, like very efficient in optimizing like absorption of water. And most of the, the vegetations kind of look like this, which is like a, like a lotus flower, you know, like a very concentric, mm-hmm. open, trying to receive as much water as possible and then become the sponge yeah. and then that water is the water that we drink. So I think it's, it's such a beautiful part of nature. Thank you so much, Pablo, for sharing. I appreciate your work on facilitating change within people, and I'm looking forward to see all this change. Thank you so much. This has been really, really beautiful. And thank you, everyone, for joining me today. We are all beautiful butterflies, each in his and her individual ways. I wanted to thank you for joining me today in this episode. I really appreciate you coming on this journey with me and I hope you can join me next time. And remember, it only takes a small action to make a big difference. Be a butterfly. And that's all for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe to hear more of our stories of change 